everybody, and welcome to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain. Yeah, that music was familiar to you, but I might have just tricked you on the voice because you probably thought you were listening to Barbara Streisand think, singing People, one of her classic numbers, when the reality it is you were not. You were actually listening to probably the premier Streisand impersonator, Stephen Brinberg, who is bringing his show, Simply Barbara, to the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks, Three Oaks Michigan, at 8 p.m. on Sunday, July 31st. I'll give you that information again later, but for now, hi, Stephen. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Great to be here. So I picked people because I, 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 I've known you. I mean, I've interviewed you before. I know you. And I'm, am I right? Even though that's Streisand's classic song, the truth is it's actually one of your favorite songs of hers as well. That's why I picked it. It absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, I know sometimes songs are overexposed, to the point where you don't want to hear them, you know, like a, an example is probably that huge hit of the seventies feelings, you know, people <laughs> feel that way, but people is different. It might be overexposed, but I just, it, it makes me all weepy when I hear so, it. So I whether have to it's add- Barbara, whether I'm singing it, whether it's Beanie or, you know, <laughs> I've yeah. heard a lot of people sing it and record it. Well, you'd I cry just- if I sang it for you too. Um, but- <laughs> I don't know. But probably for another whole reason. Uh, so you know what? I, this is my business. I wasn't even going to get to this question until later. But you, you just, you just said something. So yeah. Barbara recorded "People," one of her, you know, very earliest numbers, of course. But of course, she continues to sing it when we're lucky enough to get her on stage yes. and she travels. So I, this is a question I was going to ask you later. When people come to see you at the Acorn, are they getting Barbara of the '60s, Barbara of the '70s, Barbara of the the '80s, the '90s, the 2000s? What Barbara are we getting? Because you can do well, people in any of those decades. Yeah, they're kind of getting a little bit of all of them. I mean, it uh, the show always takes place in the present. So when I did it um, originally um, it, in the '90s, I was Barbara at that time, and now I'm Barbara at this time. Um, but I can sort of sing in all different keys from all different eras that she's in, you know, so. So you don't, in other words, you don't. Yeah. So when people come to see you, they're getting Barbara in 2022. It's not a matter of let me take you back to 1960. Right. I mean, I'll talk about other, you know, as if she were doing a, a retrospective concert, which she does, you know, and I'll do new songs and old songs. And um, and again, some of them I just still happen to sing in the keys that she originally did. That, which means your voice is hang, hanging in there too through the years. Um, yeah, not good. How did you, you know, I, I know you do other voices and I know that I think when you were younger, um, I think even before you came across Barbara, you were in love like so many people with Julie Andrews. Absolutely. Others, so, so how did you end up as enveloping Barbara in your career? Why aren't, why don't we necessarily, or do we ever see Julie Andrews on stage? Well, you don't Wonder? see any of the other voices I do, but you hear them, you know, I can do Julie Andrews and Cher and Anthony Newley and Eve yeah. Montand and Louis Armstrong. And I always have a sh- segment in the show where I get to show off those other little voices I do. I've never dressed up like any of those people so far. Um, but yeah, I grew up loving Julie, obviously. And then once I discovered Barbara, it wasn't like, you know, I was done with Julie. It's just that Barbara sort of took over, you know, and, uh, she was sort of my most favorite person to listen to. You know. By the way, I can do Carol Channing and Anthony Newley too, so maybe we can duet. Oh, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't look like anybody. Um, and, and so when you do, when did the, uh, I know when you were young, 
um, and you listen to this music. I think your uh, your parents were listening to the music. And anyway, it's how we yeah. all get introduced to this stuff, right? I got introduced yeah. to Harry Belafonte that way. Uh, yeah. And this sort of grows on us. What was it about Barbara's voice, assuming you heard her before you saw her? Or maybe you saw her on television first. But what I was think it I graduate? saw her on TV first, actually. Yeah, but I always thought what sets Barbara apart from all the other great singers, and I love so many other great singers, is literally it's just the sound of her voice. Whereas like Liza, it's the whole package or Bette Midler it, it, with Barbara. If she had nothing else but just the sound of that voice when she starts humming, when she starts singing. I used to talk about that with Marvin Hamlish when we toured. And it's just that's what makes her, I think, the number one for so many people. And I've got friends of mine. We're all Barbara files and stuff. There's, you know, there's there's so much information that I'm sure we know. Are you also a Barbara? I mean, for example, stories that people may not know, like when she performed at Mr. Cully, she went out in the middle of the night and went over to Oak Street Beach. And that's where we get the cover of people, the, the people album. Right. Are that's you also so a Barbara nut where you know all this stuff? Oh, absolutely. In fact, when she was on um, on Rosie O'Donnell's show for the first time, it was after I was on that show very briefly and they called me to ask what questions they should ask her. And because of me, they dug out James Brolin's album. You know, he made an album singing, yeah. if you can believe it. And they dug it up. Well, and so they did Lauren Green. Barbara, so, yeah. And, you know, yeah. And they said, if you listen to this and she went a couple of times, you know, it was pretty <laughs> funny. But yeah, oh, I know my stuff. So I'm like the first one to start correcting mistakes that I'll see in print and um, so I'm looking forward to her book because I think there'll be some fresh stories there. That oh yeah, that was gonna open, like that's going to open on number one on Amazon. Like whenever that comes out, I hope so. Be- and she won't even have to do an in-store signing, but you know, I could do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. And I actually have like her, you know, the last book she did on her on her home and the picture oh, the right? design got, book. Yes. I got a signed book of that and, oh, uh, yeah. and all that. So just just crazy about her. But anyway, okay. um, do you when you are performing, is it is it Stephen, the actor presenting Barbara or do you go off in a world where you are, are, are Barbara? And if I, you know, and, and if I interact with you while you're on stage, you are Barbara to me. Or are you sort of Stephen, but you know, you're. Doing yeah, that. well, I'm I'm serious about acting, although I'm not a method actor at all. But while I'm on stage, I'll never break character no matter what might happen. And many things have happened over the years on stage all over the world. So like I. Yeah, I'll just adapt and it, I'm her and I respond as her. Um, but, you know, obviously offstage in the dressing room or even in the wings, nobody has to call me Miss Streisand. I'm still me until that light hits me. And then the minute I walk off, it's it's over, you know. And I'm, I know I'm what always, time and I, it's always the, when, when things do happen. So I know this will never happen at the Acorn, but I know you were um performing once as her and something happened i was a fire alarm something happened during yes. the middle of the show and you had to go off and now you're you're with the people who are there you in know Scotland. who see you and and so who were you during that time that well there i made an exception because i was standing in the crowd in the rain with all these people who were just watching the show so i was just me and i was you know answering questions and talking and then once the show started again i went back into it but you know what's what's an interesting story is when i was watching the tony awards and that wonderful woman who won the best actress for Paradise Square. And she sang that unbelievable showstopper, that intense, intense song. Burn it down. It's so believable. And I thought, what a wonderful actress. And literally uh, 30 seconds later, they showed her off stage, laughing and having a great time with, with the host, I think Ariana DeBose. And I thought that's so wonderful that she's so real, so believable. And yet she's not a, probably not a crazy method actress because she turned it off and went back to her real life Soon as soon as the song was over, 
I, I can tell I've interviewed her and, and I have I have to tell you during the interview, she was so humble. I, oh, I, she I seems like a doll. Like, yeah. She's worried. No, but I mean, she was so quiet and whatever. I'm like, how and are we going to get turns this that on. I'm expecting out of her? And then boom. Well, that's you like know? when people meet me and I'm kind of quiet and shy as, as a real person. And then I'm suddenly, you know, this famous <laughs> star that I'm channeling. Well, and I have to ask about you. I know there are, there are celebrities. Michael J. Fox once told me that he goes, you know, people think that he's, that he's not nice when they meet him, but he's very, very shy and introverted. So oh, yeah, when you have people who meet you, do they, they expect you to be, you know, just on stage as Barbara? It's not who you are. Do you, do you find yourself yes. having to try or? Well, I'm good with meeting like people after the show and I'm as friendly as I, as I want to be, as I can be. But um, in like real life, like in parties and places like that, I'm, I'm, that's just not my nature. I'm I'm a natural introvert. So and Barbara always says she was like that too. And at a party, she'd be aloof, and people would think she's being snobby, and she just was like shy. So, but I don't think she's as shy as I am. As you put the repertoire <laughs> she got together, a farther. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the, the show changes through the years and all of that. Oh, yes, all the time. Well, and I'm you know when you get a Streisand Dave O.T. who's there. I mean, to me, you could sing the whole classical album, and I'd be happy because I love that <laughs> album. Um, oh, yeah. And some songs off the Butterfly album that some people don't like. But I want last day without you. I love that. Yeah. So when you put your show together, do you put it together as going? I want to represent Barbara through her career and the songs, or do you want to say? Let me just do what I know most people in the audience probably expect me. Well, to do. you know, I always include, you know, people that ran my parade um, the way we were. I have I think every show I have ever done, I always sing at least those three. And then everything else is sort of like up for grabs. You know, in this show, I'll probably be doing um, I've been singing Till There Was You or as I sing it, Till There Was Hugh about <laughs> Music Man. Barbara never sang that song. And I know just what it might sound like. Cause I've done this a few times where I sang a song she hadn't yet recorded and then she did record it. And in some cases it was almost exactly every breath that I imagined. It's kind of spooky. So that's always fun. And then sometimes doing something that she hasn't done in a long time or, you know, there's so much material to choose from and so much great material because mostly her taste is just really good. You know, those albums are, are for the ages. You know, and of course, when, when she recorded a, a number, when she recorded a number from Sunday in the Park and called Stephen Sondheim and said, Stephen, oh. I'm going to change some lyrics here. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you do any lyrics? Well, it sounds like with Till There Was Hugh, you do. But do, do, yeah. would you do the Sondheim changed version or would you do the traditional version? I do the I do the Sondheim changed version of Sending the Clowns. And, you know, I had an experience with him like Barbara, where I asked him to change the words. Well, actually, I changed the words and I asked him to approve it. I, I was singing in Buddy's Eyes. And I rewrote it as in Brolin's eyes. Ah, okay. And knowing how picky Steve was, you know, he said, well, run it by me. And, you know, and I ran it by him and I had one lyric uh, that I thought was really funny. And then he said he had a better idea, he thought. And I said, all right. He said, well, why don't you try them both out in the next few shows and see which one gets the bigger laugh? So I tried out my lyric and I tried out his lyric and mine got the bigger laugh. And I told him and he said, well, that's great. Then just keep that one which I thought was just like amazing. That's so great because, so, you know, you hear mixed stories about him and, and some people were terrified to work with him. And stuff. Oh, yeah, he could be like cranky sometimes. He was pretty cool with me. I'm, I was lucky. Really. Was it because of the work you do? He also just admired Streisand? I mean, was it a, a, on a deeper level than that in terms of your, just you knowing him? Yeah, I mean, he, he admired her, but he had some issues, I think, with her too. But he really admired me, which was just so amazing. He was really kind to me. And, you know, he helped me get in a, a show that, that I did it with for his birthday at the Library of Congress. And he was a great guy. But it's funny, again, being shy, 
I stayed in touch with him for a while after I first knew him. And then once the age of email came up, I wasn't really in touch with him once in a great while, I guess you would send him a note and he always answered. Um, and then I was kind of like, like intimidated, you know, I can't just like call him up and I could have, you know, but that's sort of how the, the world works. And Lainey yeah. Kazan once told the story of Judy Garland, heard her sing at a party and she said, you're wonderful. I, I, you know, here's my number. Call me. We should get together. And Lainey says she never called her. She was too intimidated. It was Judy. And then flash forward years later, I'm working with like Lainey Kazan and I've sort of known her over the years. And then I think the last time I saw her after a show, I told her I was coming to LA and I still have it. She wrote her phone number down on a piece of paper in her handwriting. Call me when you're out in LA. And I think I finally did maybe like leave her a message once, but I didn't follow up. Not that she's so intimidating. She's not, but it's just interesting when you're, when you meet and work with people you admire so much, yeah. it's I, just, I, it's not just like your normal friends. Yeah. I remember meeting Jackie Mason. I gave him my card and he called me the next morning and I, and I'm amazing. like, and he, and I said, Jackie, he goes, am I calling too soon? <laughs> and, um, but yeah, he just wanted to go out and go to the delis and see things. So the bottom line, Stephen, is that, you know, celebrities, some are really big, whatever, but you know, I, I don't think Barbara would sit and have a cup of coffee with, with me. Maybe she would with you. I hope so someday. That's that's part of, part of my dream. <laughs> I'd also love to sing with her and sing for her. You know, that would be kind of amazing. So my understanding, I know you've seen a lot of people tied to her. Uh, I think you mentioned Lady Kazan Everybody, before, but I think yeah. Donna Karen, but not her yet, right? No, no, I've never met her. I mean, I've been in the same room with her actually, but I've never met her. <laughs> And oh, did you? Oh, really? So you like see her way over there and you didn't go over? Well, she was at a, a Broadway show at a play. Oh, and at the intermission, she was just chatting with the authors, with the author, with the ushers. And this was not long after the Donna Karen party for which, you know, she hired me, her manager hired me. But again, I was kind of afraid to approach her because I just sort of felt like anybody approaching her. She immediately is like, uh oh, you know, she's been famous since she's 20. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't talk to her. And then later I was told, she said, why didn't he say hello? He knows me now, which I thought was hilarious. I love um, it. <laughs> well, let's talk about what people, I could talk to you forever about just sort of the history, but the bottom line is when people come to see it, you walk on stage, you are Barbara Streisand. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, the reason I said before you were a performer, I don't know that I'd call, I don't know that there's a name for what you call it. I don't think this is drag. I don't think this, I mean. Yeah, I don't know well, that- somebody once said, I'm not in drag, I'm in costume, which I kind of like that. Um, although okay. I also like to say, I don't care what you call me, just call me. Um, but yeah, I know there's a lot of misconceptions sometimes. Either, either people will think I'm lip syncing or that it might be sort of totally campy and vulgar or something, you know, that you can't take kids to, which of course you could. It's much closer in the vein of, you know, Jim Bailey and all those 1960s acts that would have been on Ed Sullivan, um, Merv Griffin, things like that. Variety shows. I'm glad uh, you just I'm glad you just said Jim Bailey. I was going to ask you about him. So let me just oh, yeah. do that briefly. I mean, I loved him when I was young and I yeah, saw him. Was I kept going to see him, waiting for him to do uh, Barbara Streisand, but I would catch him as Judy Garland and others. Um, yeah. Is there is there a little Jim Bailey in what you do? I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, I think he used to. um stay in character off stage i'm told but it's very it's very much in the vein of what what he does it's respectful and um you know and i have i have a, a lot of funny things in the show i say a lot of funny things that barbara has not said because i wrote them and maybe things that she wouldn't said that she might just think but it's still kind of um 
you know, in the, in the vein. So you, and sometimes people will say that story you told, is that a true story about Barbara? I'm like, no, I made it up. And then they'll say, what about that other story? That's a true one. So if you can't tell the difference between what I'm saying, whether it's an actual Barbara quote or one of my own, that's good. You know, I want people to feel like they're watching her if she were to ever play in non arenas, that is, and sort of, you know, the best compliment is always I close my eyes and I thought it was her or now I now I'm going to go home and buy those other albums that I don't have. So I'm kind of helping her, too, which. Oh, exactly. Helps you appreciate. (laughs) Well, of course, she's 80 this year, by the way, for people who think because they, you know, you're at the Acorn in Three Oaks, Michigan on Sunday, July 31st. But I want people to know you. I mean, you performed in London's West End and and Sydney and Melbourne and Bangkok and Barcelona. I've been there. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. And as you do this, does it matter where you are? I mean, do you play, is it different shows for different audiences or, or it really doesn't matter where you are because Barbara fans are Barbara fans worldwide. Yeah, she's, there's really nowhere, nowhere that she's not known and doesn't have a lot of fans. So, and I always like to say, even if you're not a huge fan, as long as you know who she is, you can still get something out of it and you like music and comedy and, you know, great songs. So um, it's pretty universal, you know, Um, And so as we're talking now that the show's coming up on July 31st, but we're not there yet. And one of the things you said earlier was you sort of indicated like you're still thinking about what you would, what you were going to perform. So is every show a new venture for you in terms of selecting? Kind of. Yeah. Really no two will be the same. I mean, I, I just did a show in um, Delaware, Rehoboth beach. And then I have a show here in, in New York city uh, before I go to the acorn. Then I'll be like in Provincetown and in, in Palm Springs and each one I'll, I don't like have like a, a, a book that I hand to somebody and say, this is what we're doing. It has to be crafted for each place. You know, not that like some cities wouldn't get some songs, but like I just mix it up all the time. You know, something that I forgot about and then I put it in again and it goes back and, you know, so it, it's never dull for me. You know, I, it, it's still exciting for me to do after all these years. And I know it's a long process to get ready to do it between the wig and the nails and everything you yeah, have that's to do. The hard part. <laughs> One of the things I remember Jim Bailey used to do as a kid, I think I remember this would be like during the intermission, um, he would take off the Judy Garland stuff, whatever, but he'd come back and he would do Jim Bailey. Do people ever get to see Steven Brinberg? Perform? I've done that a few times. I did that in Mexico. I think I did it in London once. And what was fun about that was, I would come back in act two and you'd hear me off stage singing like Barbara, I got to be me. And then I walk out and I am me. Um, and then I was free to do all my other voices without being stuck in Barbara's costumes, which is kind of usually how it is. So that's fun. I, but it, it's a little hard to do that because it takes a long time to get out of the garb. I used to do that with Marvin Hamlish a lot. You know, I would come out as Barbara and then he wanted me to come out as myself at the end. And he'd say, who are you? You know, it was, it was like a a comedy bit, but it was a little unnerving to like get all of that makeup off and change back into the male clothes. And, you know, but I'll probably do that again someday, if not do a whole show where I'm not dressed like her at all and just do all my voices. You know, I could do a show called 17 songs as 17 people. You know, you, you, you you tossed out, you tossed out Marvin Hamlish's name as though we can all mention him and we can't. Um, I mean, was he was so a great. huge, huge name and gone too soon. But I, I know I know Barbara knows about what you do. I know she hasn't seen the show, but she knows. Obviously, she approves it. But the truth is, if you were working Mar- with Marvin Hamlish, she must be totally fine with what you do. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he initially called me about being in her concert. He said, I'm thinking of having a bit where she'd say, you know, I'm so busy. I wish there were two of me. And then you would appear. And I'm like, 
well, that sounds great to me. Yeah. And this was like two weeks before the show was about to happen. So it was already written. And this was the timeless tour when she had that little girl playing sort of a young version of her. So he said, it's kind of overkill. So I can't use you this time, but I promise we'll work together again. And literally in like a month, he called me and then I was on stage with him and Barbara Cook in Pittsburgh and in the Kennedy Center. So he kept his word and he kept using me for a decade. Have you ever performed for or met Barbara's sister, Roz Kind, who I've interviewed several times, and she's just, oh, I love her and her voice. Oh, yeah, she's she's wonderful. She's really talented. It's not easy, you know. And her son, Jason. Have you met Jason? I've not met Jason, no. But I think I've stood in the same room with him, (laughs) not in a theater, probably in a, I don't know, a club or something. I met Um, him once, but I think security got in between us or something like that. Yeah. He's got a lovely voice, too, that we only just recently heard about. Yeah, oh, that's right. And of course, and encouraged by his mother, every Jewish mother would encourage their son to sing. He's got a beautiful Uh, voice. Yeah, he really does. So this has been, I mean, you've certainly been making a career of this. And um, uh, and it obviously you never tire of it because if you love her, it must be fantastic to be able to exactly. Her. It's like it's like listening to her when I'm, when I'm listening to myself doing her. You know, it's an interesting process because as a singer and an actor, you want to believe the lyrics you're singing. So there's that part of it. But then at the same time, I'm actually listening to myself sing. You know, to make sure I don't drop into my male low baritone yeah. voice. So it's it's a fascinating process but it is kind of like listening to her you know i'm hearing in my head i'm hearing her while i'm singing that's that's, by the way that's an interesting point because the the head voice we hear when i hear myself speak it's not actually how you hear me it's i hear it the way i hear it of course yeah i would think that with everything you do you have to kind of record it and listen because you might sound like streisand in your own ear but you might go oh no i'm a bit off there when you actually hear yourself and then have to modify yeah it's fascinating it really is and because i'm it's not a true falsetto it's like a mix so it's very interesting how I can sort of reach up there and then go back to, you know, especially when I do like a duet between Barbara and, you know, Neil Diamond or Anthony Newley or whatever voice I'm doing. Um, it's kind of just a fun thing to be able to do. So being at the Acorn is more of a kind of an intimate environment. I would describe oh, it's it. Lovely there, yeah. So I, I want to sort of say, what do you, would you prefer playing that, you know, put me in the huge arenas or do you kind of like where it's a little more intimate with the audience as the acorn will be on the 30th? Well, in bigger places, like I've done a, a thing at Carnegie Hall and at Lincoln Center and all those places with Marvin, the bigger it is, the more it feels like a, a real barber experience, especially if it's so big that you're sitting so far away that I really do look just like her, which I really don't, but from far away I do. Um, but in an intimate place, I get much more humor because I just have all these asides to like who's ever sitting in the front or close by. And, you know, uh, that's always fun to, to actually hear people laugh and see them, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's great. And do you even, I went to her first comeback concert in 94, I think it was in okay. Vegas. And I sat next to her mother. And, oh my God. Uh, yeah. Diana it was just, just so amazing. How but- exciting. So do you bring in, I mean, do we get a lot of like story, the growing up stories from her life that we do know about as well? Or do you keep it more to sort of like, you know, do you make political comments? Well, what do we get? Well, I try, I can't, I don't do too much politics, you know, as much as her, because it's interesting that audiences can be so mixed. Yeah. You know? I mean, one of the first big gigs I had when I started doing it was a conference of Republican mayors. And I said, are you sure you got the right act? You know what Barbara Streisand, you know, what she stands for. They said, oh, no, no, we want it. And this was like, you know, pre-Fox News Republican mayors. And they were lovely. They loved it. It was great. You know, so. Well, 
it has to be so rewarding and joyful to, to do this show for people who love Streisand. And clearly you have a room full of Streisand lovers when you do it. Um, yeah, it's great. That's what it's all about. So I want to let people know that they can go to acornlive.org, acornlive.org. Uh, this has been David Fink's place for, I know things have changed, whatever, but he's just been so instrumental in making oh, that place. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he, he's a good friend and, and he's just done some great stuff through the years. Uh, and the show is called Simply Barbara, which makes a lot of sense. It's 8 p.m. on Sunday, July 31st. So it's one show only, right? One night, one show. Yeah, one night only. Are we doing a meet and greet afterwards? Oh, I always do. Yeah. Well, I always, you know, sell CDs and then I say, but you can say hello that you don't have to buy one. It's free to say hello. Exactly. <laughs> of course. Well, it's just great. Tickets are only 35 bucks or you can kind of up it from there depending on what you want. Um, but what, what a great night. If you don't, if you, you listen, I've been blessed to see Streisand several times in concert, but if you're not going to see her live like that, then come see you because it's as close as you're going to get. And it's more affordable. <laughs> and, and when more, you got that right. Maybe not as rewarding, but as re- more affordable. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, so true, so true. Um, anyway, I just uh, Stephen Rundberg. I wish you have a blast at, at the Acorn in Three Oaks. Thank you. Eight p.m. Sunday, July thirty first. Tickets at acornlive.org. and um, I, it'll be a great show and and special. And I just I hope you keep doing this for decades and decades to come. Me too. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Tickets again, acornlive.org, the wonderful Stephen Brinberg. Stephen, thank you so much. Break a leg. Okay, thanks. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from Behind the Curtain.